Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 598 for the 24th of June, 2018. Last week, we talked about the importance of updating your router's firmware to avoid a nasty flaw, but the files on your computer are vulnerable, even with the latest firmware, because no security system is perfect. That's why this week's topic is backup. In short circuits, TechSmith has a new version of Camtasia, and although I haven't yet had time to review it, the update appears to be a good one. A popular game is being advertised as available for Android devices, even though it isn't. There is a profit motive behind that scam. Adobe is working on a new project called Rush that might make video editing more accessible to everyone. In spare parts only on the website, inventors are examining ways to allow highways to create the electricity needed for nearby devices. Workers say they're generally optimistic about artificial intelligence but feel that the technology needs to be controlled by law. And 3D printing has been around for a while. Now the latest thing is 3D scanning. Last week I mentioned backup in passing. It was part of an examination of the need to update router firmware. A properly configured router does offer some protections, but any system, no matter how good, can be breached. When that happens, backup is the final safeguard for your data. I haven't mentioned backup in any serious way for more than a year, so really, it's time again. But first, a quick look back at last week. Perhaps you've already updated the firmware in your router. If not, that's something you should do right now. Log on to the router and work through the menus until you find an option to check for a firmware update. This varies slightly from one router to another, so contact the vendor who sold you the router if you get stuck. In general, the process is easy enough. Just find the advanced settings in the router configuration menu. Look for a firmware update. If an update exists, install it. And then, if the router offers an option for automatic updates, turn it on. And once you've updated your router's firmware, you're safe, right? Well, sorry, but no. The thing we talked about last week, VPN filter, is just one trick. It's the threat of the day. Other threats target the operating system, applications you run, and email. No matter how many you block, there's always one more out there just waiting to get through. So many people are using so many tricks to gain access to your computer that you might think the situation is hopeless. And if you think that, you're really not too far from the truth. Hardware flaws, software flaws, operating system flaws, and user errors all can be used by criminals. Hardware flaws, like that router vulnerability. Software flaws, like the attacks that use an application like Adobe Flash. Operating system flaws, oh, for example, the 11 critical faults that Microsoft patched earlier this month. And users, 
Yeah, phishing emails continue to be the primary means that crooks use to plant malware that could steal credentials, encrypt your files and hold them for ransom, or secretly exfiltrate important information from your computer. No matter how smart or how paranoid or how suspicious you are, somebody who sincerely wants access to your computer will find a way to get it. There's only one safeguard, backup. Most people understand that already, and many probably have a backup system in place. But have you examined your backup system recently? Have you checked to see whether you can actually restore files from backup? The only thing worse than having no backup is having an untested backup that you think works, but that fails exactly when you need it the most. If somebody uses a malware attack to exfiltrate your data, well, it's gone. It'll still be on your computer, of course, or on your server, but somebody else now has it, and you can't force those who have seen your files to unsee them. But if somebody stages an attack on your system that encrypts files or deletes them, recovery is relatively easy if you have a solid verified backup. Now, easy is a relative term here. If you have to spend hours or days or even weeks recovering data that a crook has encrypted or destroyed, you might not think that easy is exactly the right term. But if the only other option is simply losing the data, the term easy does take on a more nuanced meaning. I mean, what happens if an author loses every novel or article written or in process? What if a videographer's latest project disappears before it's complete? And regardless of what business you're in, would you be able to recover if your account's receivable files were no longer available? The Gartner Group says 43% of companies were immediately out of business following a major loss of computer records. Another 51% permanently closed within two years. So the survival rate is just 6%. Those odds are not exactly in your favor. Because of the VPN filter exploit, I decided to update my Wi-Fi router. Then it seemed like a good idea to review my backup procedures. Routers generally should be replaced every three to five years because security gets better over time. And I examine my backup process annually to ensure that it's performing as I expect it to. It's important to keep in mind that backup is not just a copy. Some people create a directory called backup right there on their hard drive, and they copy important files there. They think they've created a secure backup. What they don't realize is that a simple disk failure less common these days than in the past, but still plausible, would render both the original and the duplicate files unusable. So would any attack intended to encrypt or damage files, a fire, or a theft. At the very least, the data on your computer should be backed up to a drive that is stored off-site, or to a cloud-based backup system such as CrashPlan. Backup services such as CrashPlan, which, by the way, is the one I use, are not foolproof, and you could still lose files, but that is so unlikely it's hardly even worth considering. Still, it is important to be aware of the potential for loss. Most backup services ensure that files from your computer will be stored in one other location, the backup provider's servers. A few high-priced backup systems do add another step by backing up files on their system to a separate off-site location. This extra step reduces the chances of data loss, 
but the increase in security and safety is minimal, and the additional cost is substantial. With an off-site backup, even one that doesn't back up its own files, two failures would need to occur before data is lost. The disk drive on your computer would have to fail, or be stolen or destroyed, and the off-site system's disk drive with your data would also have to fail. Possible? Yes, but not at all likely. Another potential threat exists. An automatic backup system would back up files that have been damaged or encrypted. In that case, the backup would be unable to restore good files because the bad files have replaced them. Some online backup systems include file versioning so that older versions of files can be recovered if needed. CrashPlan includes this by default. Versioning has two primary advantages. First, the ability to recover earlier good versions of files that have been damaged by malware. And second, the ability to recover previous versions of files that have been corrupted by user error. User error? Sure. Maybe you opened a Word document. You planned to use only some of the text to create a new version of that file. After making changes, though, you forgot and saved the new file under the old name. Oops. Well, now the original is gone. Versioning would allow you to recover that earlier file. CrashPlan's versioning means that operator error or file corruption are no longer fatal to important files. If you need to recover an earlier version of a single file because of operator error, you'll be able to pick one from a list. And if it's a file that changes frequently, you'll have a long list of alternates to choose from. Versioning also offers protections from malware that damages or encrypts files. Because it's possible to set a recovery date in the past, you can recover previous versions of entire folders or even the contents of entire disk drives. And my motto when it comes to backup is a simple one. More is better. I use a multi-step backup process that combines online backup with multiple local file copies. The boot drive is imaged using a Cronus True Image on Wednesday and Sunday to different disk drives. It is not backed up to an off-site drive, and that is a defect, but it's one I'm willing to live with. A worst-case scenario would destroy the boot drive on the computer and both backups. Well, then I would need to obtain a new computer, or at least a new disk drive, and reinstall all of the applications. Frustrating? Yes. But I've set up computers before, lots of times, so it's not a real big deal. Essential files are backed up continuously to crash plan. Essential files are also backed up daily to a local network-attached storage drive, and all data drives are backed up weekly to local USB drives using GoodSync. Files on the NAS drive are never more than one day old. Files on the local USB drives are never more than one week old. Files on the crash plan server are rarely more than one hour old. Files on the NAS drive and the USB drives can be recovered faster, but they could also be destroyed by a fire or other event that destroys the primary computer. I mentioned that the boot drive on the computer is imaged to a couple of local external USB drives. It is not backed up to crash plan. That's because operating system files and directories are so dynamic that attempting to back them up to crash plan causes a lot of trouble. The twice-weekly backup to different USB drives with a Cronus True Image is sufficient for my needs. Overall, I've decreased the odds of losing data to near zero. 
To lose a data file, several things would have to happen simultaneously. The data drives in a separate enclosure from my computer would need to be damaged or destroyed. The external USB backup drives would also need to be damaged or destroyed. The NAS drive would need to be damaged or destroyed. And the cloud-based crash plan server would need to be damaged or destroyed. Now a fire, a tornado, or an earthquake could destroy the data drives, the external USB drives, and the NAS drive all in one swell foop, or fell swoop if you prefer. But the crash plan backup would still be available. If all local media was destroyed and the cloud-based crash plan server was destroyed, well, then I would lose a lot of data. But if something like that happened, I suspect there would be a lot more to be concerned about than lost data files. The backup system that I use is not perfect. As I said at the outset, no system is. My system might work for you, or it might be too much or too little. Regardless, now is a good time to review how your files are safeguarded, to ensure that files can be restored, and to consider how you might improve your system. You can check out the various applications on their respective websites. There are links on the TechBiter Worldwide website this week to CrashPlan by Code42, to GoodSync by CyberSystems, and to TrueImage by Acronis. Circuits, a new version of Camtasia, TechSmith's video capture and editing tool, was released this week. A full review will follow, but users of version 9 or earlier might want to check it out right now. Although TechSmith's screen capture program, Snagit, can also capture screen video and does allow limited editing, anybody who depends on video to document a computer process really needs Camtasia. It's not an inexpensive program, but a $250, upgrades are $100, Camtasia gives documentation specialists the ability to create high-quality videos without the need to learn much more complex applications like Adobe Premiere. The Adobe application is far more flexible, and it's a lot more feature-rich than Camtasia, but it's also intended for use by video professionals. Four new features, along with faster video rendering, look like good reasons for updating. In addition to being faster, Camtasia 2018 offers an improved library so that media can be better organized for faster and more consistent video creation, and for Mac users, the library function is new. It also offers themes that can be used to give videos a consistent look and feel. Saved themes maintain color and typeface preferences from one project to another. Frame rates up to 60 frames a second. Those faster frame rates create smoother viewing experiences. And there are TechSmith assets, both free and subscription versions. Users have access to some royalty-free video access, including customizable intros, outros, lower thirds, animated backgrounds, icons, and music tracks. A paid subscription version at $200 a year allows access to 600,000 royalty-free assets. The new version looks like it contains some really solid improvements, and I'll have a full review in a few weeks. In the meantime, you can check it out on the TechSmith website and download a trial version. There is a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website.
Fortnite is a popular video game. It will be available for Android devices sometime this summer, but it's not ready yet. However, if you search for the terms Android and Fortnite, you might find a link that promises to help you install the game on an Android device. Follow that link and you won't get Fortnite, but crooks who posted the link will make a profit from you. Apple and Google both have stores that attempt to vet and verify posted apps. Malware-laden apps do occasionally get through because nothing is 100% safe, but your chances are a lot better there than just randomly wandering around the Internet and downloading things. And in this case, there's really no malware. It's just a con game. According to this week's Malwarebytes blog, there are several videos on YouTube with links claiming to be for Android versions of Fortnite, despite the fact that the game has yet to be released for Android. Dishonest developers have stolen the Fortnite icon from the iOS version of the game, along with the Epic Games logo, so it looks legitimate, and so does the screen that displays while the fake app appears to be loading. In fact, that screen image was also stolen from the iOS version. Even the theme music is there. But the Malwarebytes blog says that eventually the user will see a screen that requires mobile verification. And once that's provided, the user will see a pop-up screen that mentions unlock instructions and then redirects to the Google Play Store. That doesn't sound very dangerous, does it? Well, actually, it's not. It is a scam. Some of the users who are delivered to the Play Store will undoubtedly download some other applications by mistake, and that's where the con comes in. The developers of those applications, and, and they're innocent, by the way, those developers will end up paying the referring website a commission. Malwarebytes offers some basic advice, things we should already know anyway. Every time there's a craze around a new video game release, we see malware authors jumping into the game. They capitalize on that little itch that screams, I want it now. We suggest listening to that other inner voice that warns, this seems too good to be true. It is the Internet after all. Trust nothing. Adobe announced another video application this week, one that's aimed at enabling easier video editing on portable devices and faster results to get videos on the web sooner. Currently, it's called Project Rush. It is in beta, and users have to sign up for it. Much like the new version of Lightroom that's offered along with Lightroom Classic, Project Rush seems to be aimed at mobile users who want to edit video on their mobile devices, but who may also want to edit on notebook or desktop computers. Adobe says Project Rush is available on mobile and desktop, and that work is automatically synced to the cloud, regardless of where it begins. As a result, video captured on a phone can be edited there initially, then refined on a desktop. Rush has the same features on mobile and desktop. Adobe's current video applications are complex, from Prelude and Premiere to After Effects and Media Encoder. The goal with Rush is to create a single tool that's used for everything. Users will capture video using Rush, then edit, add filters, optimize audio, 
and select customizable tiles. Motion graphics templates is what Adobe calls them. When the video is complete, the user can add a thumbnail, schedule the post, and publish it to multiple social platforms. Rush leverages features from Premiere, color correction for example, and draws on Audition for comprehensive audio editing, including noise suppression. If you'd like to try the beta version of Project Rush, you can apply on Adobe's website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. And while you're on the TechBiter Worldwide website, check out Spare Parts, because that is the only place you'll find it. This week, inventors are examining ways to allow highways to create the electricity needed for nearby devices. Workers say they are generally optimistic about artificial intelligence, but feel that the technology needs to be controlled by law. And 3D printing has been around for a while. Now the latest thing is 3D scanning. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.